Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Heather McGee. And I'm Laura Koo. Today, we're talking all about running a home, working, and living life as a divorced or single person. Right. Welcome back, everybody. Just as a reminder that we do have a subscription series called The Thirst Trap on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's $1.99 a month. You get at least two bonus episodes a month. They're fun and chatty and a little bit of extra stuff that we don't put out on the free side. And you also get a 10% discount in our thirstythepodcast.com little shop that we have with mugs and stickers and sweatshirts and all kinds of good stuff. As a reminder, please um, make sure to share Thirsty with anyone who you feel like might enjoy this content and rate, review, and follow us on socials. We really do read every review and appreciate them. All right. So today we're talking about running your life as a divorced or single person. It's a big change, right? You mm-hmm. know, if you are a divorced person, your whole life is different. You think you're just pulling apart your marriage, but turns out it's your whole life. It's your whole life. Yep. Everything. <laughs> yeah. You're going to start. Square sleeping. one. Yes. Most of the time, unless you're like having the wildest dark days dating ever, you're going to be sleeping in your bed alone. You're going to be managing your house alone. Those things that maybe you relied on your other spouse to do. Guess what? It's you now, or you can pay someone to do it. One of those things. But regardless, you're the the only adult managing your household at this point. So Laura and I really wanted to do an episode about this because we have learned a lot. We've actually like figured out some stuff that makes life work a little more easily. Um, Now, Laura and I, one thing I want to point out, Laura and I call ourselves divorce moms rather than single moms because we have a co-parent. And that's something that we try to be real careful about saying because it's not the same same thing as a single parent who's 100% all the time. You know, that's that's an even different life. So I do want to call that out. But I think a lot of this probably could be helpful to someone who's a single parent or divorced. Basically, you're the only adult in the home most of the time. Yep. So making these adjustments is a huge shift. You know, I mentioned sleeping in your bed alone. You know, most nights, most nights, uh, you know, I know for me, that took me a long time to get adjusted to. And that was just the start running a home, handling personal appointments, a career, all of that is so much tougher. And, you know, and I know that sometimes when I hear about uh, people complain about their partner, not pulling their weight, I get it. I so get it. I'm not like criticizing that, but I just want to point out a whole lot of people do everything all on their own. You know, and so that's just something that I tried that I am now newly aware of as someone who's one of those people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a different animal when you don't have anybody to run things by to make a big, like the big decisions. Like yeah. I don't, I, there are people in my life who can weigh in and provide advice, but they're not invested in the same way as an actual partner would be. And it's very different. Yeah. And something that I'll just speak for myself because this is definitely not everyone's issue, but Laura and I, it kind of, it colors everything that we're going to talk about today. So Laura and I also don't have family close by. It's really just us. Neither of us have parents or siblings or anything like that uh, closer than a plane right away. So there are some additional things we've figured out that can make your life work um, as evidenced by something that happened to Laura this week. (sighs) Little mini emergencies that were very solvable, but still stressful. Uh, I will say that in my marriage, cars were not something that I dealt with. Like I've gotten 
used to home emergencies. I am quite good at a lot of things around my house, um, or I've learned what things I need to outsource, which I think is also very important. So that's stuff I've got figured out, but cars still just are not, they're not my thing. And they're very, I feel like overwhelming. It's overwhelming at the, you know, at the car shop when you're getting something fixed and trying to understand, is this critical? Do I need this? Um, those decisions are hard. And then general emergencies. And I had a bit of an emergency recently um, where my car was having some pretty significant electrical issues. And as we all know, in this post-COVID world, there are a lot of shortages when it comes to those little chips that make everything computerized run. And then my car needed a bunch of those things. <laughs> and it was all under warranty. It would all be paid for. I'm so proud of myself. I had bought this car post-divorce. I had a great warranty. I felt like I did all of the things that I was supposed to do. I bought a reliable minivan, like all of the stuff. And then I had this car that couldn't be fixed. And I was told that I had to wait for the parts to come in and that I had to either disconnect my car's battery every night or uh, hook it up to something that I didn't know existed. It's called a Tinder or a Tender or something. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. And this I didn't all happened know over the last two weeks, last Correct. two weeks, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I was told that I needed to basically charge my battery every night indefinitely until these parts came in. And we're talking back ordered by months. I mean, there was no, and so my car was continually coming, just not starting. The battery was dead because of all of these issues. And initially I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is what I have to do until I get these parts. Like the, the kind of initial, I'm like, all right, this is what you've told me over the phone. This is what I have to do. And I had one of those um, chargers and I had seen Tyler um, the week before when it first died, I had seen him, you know, hook everything up. He had actually had to disconnect my battery and do this whole thing to charge it. And so I had seen the inside of under the hood of my car, which I was not, it's not an area I was familiar with. I actually did not know how to pop the hood on my car until very recently. This was all new territory. And so I had to learn how to hook up the, the Tinder or the tender or whatever it's called. What is it? A Tinder, a tender? Tender. A tender. Okay. Not Tinder. That's something different. Um, so Close. I had to... <laughs> Similar, there's a flame involved. Um, there's some fire. And so on FaceTime with Tyler, I had to like hook my car up and I was like sobbing doing this because I didn't want to do it. It was something that scared me. My 10 year old is like watching me and then she's nervous for me. And it was a whole thing. And I did it and I was so proud of myself. And now I could like it's funny because I get so overwhelmed with those things. And then once you learn that skill, you've got that skill and you can do that. And I'm so proud of myself. And that's what I told my kids. I'm like, that was made me nervous. I didn't like doing it. It was something I wasn't familiar with. These are the reasons why it made me nervous, but now I know how to do it. And if, you know, if I was dating someone who lived close by, he would have come and done it for me. If I had family close by or somebody that could have done it, they would have just done it. And I wouldn't have learned those skills. So even though it was like really scary and overwhelming and I didn't enjoy it, um, it definitely taught me and reminded me that I can, you know, I can do these things and I can own them. I, you show me how to do it. I can learn it and we're fine. Was I going to do it forever? No, which is why um, I have purchased a new vehicle, but <laughs> it's, it's a lot cuter. I mean, I have to say, I feel like minivans, old Laura, new Laura is not a minivan person. I just, that's how I feel. 
I wanted to try that life out. And yeah, I don't think it worked for me. So I like my new car. Um, and Heather, you actually came with me to buy it just last night. So we've um, shared another important life experience together, which is car buying, which I feel like a lot of couples have not been through that together. <laughs> and I win, we did it. <laughs> I was really rude though to the salesperson. I felt bad about it later, but I was also like not dealing well with this. I hate it when people are pretending or are condescending or and like, I will say, I think he's a very nice guy. I think he it's just nice. the whole thing yeah. of like buying Salesy. a car. Yeah. Yes. And it was the whole show me you're serious and all these things. I was like, I, I can't, I can't deal with it. And Laura knew she <laughs> But if I had walked in there with a man, any man, any man in my life, doesn't matter who the man was, that salesperson probably would have spent most of the time talking to that man and not to me, even though I was buying the car because I went through that when I bought my house. Uh, So I think it was better that it was just the two of us and he had to deal with us and there was no like... I feel like that's just the car world is a very bro-y world often, I think. Yeah, that's where I really struggle with the whole, whole, all of it and don't enjoy it. So But again, these are like the best, like core, like life skill building moments because you have to face it. You have to deal with it and we can't outsource everything. I mean, I could have outsourced some of this, but like, you got to learn how to do it, even if you don't want to. Yeah. You negotiate the price, the whole thing. I mean, yeah. The last time I bought a car, which was a long time ago, but the last time I bought a car was with my ex-husband. I do remember we went, they did talk to him most of the time which my ex-husband thought was funny, like in a toy, this is not a knock against him. I mean, it was funny because he was like, that's not how our house operates, mm-hmm. but okay, you can do that. But I do remember the salesperson at a certain time opened up the trunk. I have an SUV. He opened it up and he's like, look, miss, there's all this room for when you go shopping at the mall. <laughs> and I just looked at my ex-husband. He was like, oh my God, I want to buy this car. You need to walk away right now. you're gonna murder the man it's not gonna be good yeah that was stress I was stressed or there was a lot of talking about this in the group chat because the whole thing started with car alarm was going off electrical issues got worse and worse and it was just clearly time it became very clear you needed a new car because this was just not working and they didn't they could fix it because the supply chain issues everything's a supply chain issue I know. And it was so stressful. And then trying to figure out how you're going to sell. And then I got lowballed by the dealership, like massively, like a third of the price lowballed of what I ended up getting and rude men. Even I had to call today back to that dealership to deal with um, my warranty that I have because I get money back on it, which is super exciting. And that person there in the finance department was super rude to me. And I'm like, what is this? Like, how are we allowed to just add? Like, I want to write them a letter and be like, all like the vast majority of the men working in your facility are incredibly rude to women, except for the one nice one. And I gave him a Starbucks gift card because he was really great to work. <laughs> with everyone else sucked but like aren't you glad that's over it's so cute too I know I've got my car and the kids love it and it's great and I got through it and that was like a big milestone for me because in post-divorce life I bought initially the minivan and I brought my dad with me to the dealership to do it because I felt like I needed help and I needed someone there and all of that and even though Heather you you came but that was like a different feel than like me bringing like my dad to help me. Um, I was like, your assistant. 
Yeah. I could have gone on my own and I was fine. I can negotiate. I can figure out. I know what I can afford to pay all of that. Like whatever, that's fine. I just wanted someone else to look at the car and hear the car and ride in the car and be like, this is a good car. And then, you know, like another set of eyes is always helpful. Um, So I felt proud to like go in and do that because I had, you know, I don't have car buying experience and that's a significant thing to do. It's a big purchase. Um, But I guess in hindsight, I also I bought a house that's heavy. So like we've done some big purchases and it's okay. Yeah. Well, it's less pressure. I think with the home buying process, it's, you're not necessarily doing it over the course of a couple of days because your car died or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, going, I have to buy a car in the next two days is a little stressful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that brings me to the first thing that I think this is a great example of. And I think it really, if I were to give one piece of advice to anyone listening, you need a network. Make friends, other friends that are also figuring out it's essential. Like I can't tell you the amount of time something has gone wrong at my house or with my car or with my kids or or something. And on our group chat, Laura, Kristen, and I, we have crowdsourced. One of us knows how to fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. one and of we're us all- knows how to do it. We're all good at like, all right, you're having this problem. Well, I'm going to Google this and you're going to look up that and you have experience with it. And like, we can absolutely work together to figure out the answer and also just the bouncing off the ideas. Or sometimes you just need people to talk to who are very neutral, who know your situation, know your personality well, and can just help you make a plan because so much of this stuff can feel really debilitating when it is just you to figure out on your own and having other people who can help you like, all right, what do you need to do today? Like, what is the first thing that is going to get you on the right path? And that can be so helpful because it is just can stop you in your tracks. And you realize like, all right, I'm responsible for all of this. If this is impacting my kids, my home life is at the house, or if it's transportation or something else where like, I have to be reliable to do these things for these kids and work around all of that. Like it is really stressful to try and make sure that their lives don't feel like there are enough people depending on what the problem is. So being able to like ground, you know, get your mind in the right space and make that plan is so helpful. I mean, I will say though, I feel like Laura, you and Kristen are more practically helpful than I am because you guys know how to do so many things. I feel like I'm helpful if you need help with hair, makeup, or fake eyelashes or <laughs> racing. If you're going to do a marathon, I can help with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, painting, I can help with painting. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. I feel like y'all have more uh, useful knowledge. Like our friend Kristen knows everything about cars. And so mm-hmm. she was all over this for sure. Yeah, I'm good with home disasters. So, I mean, Kristen's had a lot of home disasters too. So between the two of us, we probably have had it happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking about all the ridiculous things that have happened over the last few years as divorced moms and how we've helped each other out with those things. Like I remember your, when you, I don't know what happened. It was a snow issue. So here in Chicago, something like an, it's called an ice dam can happen. So winter is real rough. And like, you just pray your way through winter. Even if you're an atheist, you pray your way through winter. Things can happen. Um, and you had some sort of water leak or something where you're having to stab your ceiling to get the water out. And it was a whole, yeah, thing. I had three huge leaks in different parts of my house. Cause I had an old roof, which I hadn't had time to replace yet because I hadn't had the house long enough. And I woke up with a, 
in the morning looking and seeing a little bubble of water in my ceiling above me. And I got my bed moved just in time. Otherwise it would have been a Schitt's Creek moment with the water dripping down on you while you're in bed. Like it was the first episode of Schitt's Creek. Um, but yeah, like I had uh, the worst leak was in my bedroom. And so, yeah, I cut open my ceiling with the, with a knife because I couldn't get my tools in time because the water was just spreading everywhere. And so I had to cut it open to let the water out. And then I had two other pretty, um, you know, fairly necessary leaks. This actually is the two year anniversary of today's my birthday. And the, the mitigation for all of those leaks was on my birthday two years ago. So that was like my Facebook memories story was oh. that where the mitigation company came because on my birthday was the day that they could come and they came and they opened up parts of my walls and my ceilings and they left the huge industrial fans and dehumidifiers, which sounds like a tornado going through your house and you have to run them like 24 seven. I was like, all right. Um, so this is my birthday. Like it was just the worst, most miserable birthday. Um, and the kids were here. It's loud. It, it was really terrible. So I didn't know if I was going to get through that one. Okay. But I did and it all yeah. worked out. Okay. And disasters happen. I think also sometimes I tend to feel like I'm the only one who has disasters, but a lot of people have big disasters and you don't hear about them because you're not in a group chat with them. So you don't right. know all of their disasters. We have, we might, we may know, <laughs> be a little bit more aware, I guess, because it pops up due to numbers. I mean, you, you actually gave me some good advice that stuck with me too, that I, that I do now, whenever I have someone come over to fix anything, you told me once that, uh, cause I was asking for advice. Cause well, I just bought a house like last in the last seven months and everyone knows when you buy a house for the first year, you're just finding stuff wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Like it doesn't matter how many inspections you had done. Things go wrong at this house. I had plumbing issues. I had to replace my boiler, which that was a $10,000 thing. I was like, Oh, this sucks. Had some appliances break. And so I had a lot of uh, technicians coming by the house for a few months to check things out, give me quotes, fix things. And I paid attention to some advice you gave me, which is whenever you hire someone to come over, ask them lots of questions. Like think mm-hmm. about it, like, um, you know, ask everything you can to understand how this boiler works that they're replacing this appliance that they're replacing exactly what went wrong. Why did it fail? Is there something I need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again? Anything I need to know, do you see anything weird in there while everything's pulled out from the wall? Do you see anything funny that you think I should know about just asking all those questions and really chatting them up and making them your friend? I think that's really good advice because you can take advantage of what learning some of their, and I don't mean like taking advantage of them as people, but if they're there working on something, understand what they're doing. Um, that I thought that was really helpful. So I do that now. Yeah. I think the chatting them up piece is the most important part. Like you can be friendly and around and engage like often, like if it's something going on with my kitchen, I'll be sitting there with the dog and my laptop, like if it's a work day and just kind of doing stuff, but like still like available to chit chat versus like in the other room, call me if you need me, like be in the room, but like not in their face. Um, or if it's in an area where you wouldn't be, I'll always ask, like, do you want me to stay and see things? Should I stay and see things? Or do you want to show me later? But if they're in an area where you can also be, then you just end up naturally 
actually talking? Like, how many kids do you have? And like, you, you just like have these conversations. And then if they're talking, they will give you all of their advice. Like somebody who came yeah. to work on my dishwasher, he's like, you should do this, run it like this, clean it like this. If you'd like, and they'll tell you like, this is a great brand, or this is a brand that's hard to fix. And you're going to have these problems or watch out for this. And they give a lot of great advice, or sometimes they will be like, you know, the company that I work for, their prices are too expensive. Like you should know that, like, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but like they charge double what I've had charged at other places I've worked for, like, you know, an appliance, like appliance repair companies. I feel like that's a big thing. And so this one time for my dishwasher, the guy actually, he's like, you know what, the water pump or whatever on the dishwasher, he's like, that's something that fails a lot. He's like, you could replace this yourself. You seem like you're handy and whatever. He's like, look at a YouTube video. He's like, pop it out like this, buy a new one, pop it in. And I was like, you're like the best. I mean, it was like the best repair visit ever because he gave me so much great advice. He didn't talk down to me, which I have had technicians who have not been the kindest to me for some reason as I get the, where's your husband? Is your husband handy? I've definitely fielded a lot of those questions. And those are people that I will not hire again. I want someone who speaks to me like I'm an intelligent human and then we can have great conversations and they will show me things and teach me things. Yeah, no, it's super helpful. One that brings me to another thing where I know you and I are on the same page about this and I know we can't afford to outsource everything, right? Cause mm-hmm. it just gets to be expensive. Anything you can outsource or prioritize, pick one to three things that you would really be helpful to you to outsource. Like for me, I outsource my groceries. I will use Instacart (laughs) or Amazon Fresh because it is just not worth it to me to spend. I do meal prep. I usually I would have to go to two different grocery stores to get everything I need to make all my meals for the week. I just order it from Instacart or, uh, or Amazon Fresh. And I know it is more expensive that way, but it's just me. And like what we have also learned is that it actually is important to give yourself time off. You need time at home alone, reading a book or watching trash TV. That is actually very important. And if you're just running like a hamster in a hamster wheel, that's a lot. Another good piece of advice. All, all the good advice today is from Laura, by the way. Another good piece of advice is uh, get your chores done when you're with your kids. Like oh, yeah. do it all together at the same time. Whenever you have your time off, use that to go do a long workout or hang out with friends or hang out in your pajamas or maybe work a little bit. Don't be doing house stuff whenever you don't have your kids because you can't be on all the time. You just can't. Yeah. I like getting as much as I can because then when the kids leave for a long stretch, I probably need to, not probably, I definitely need to like pick up the pillows and the cushions in the living room and the things that they've kind of tossed around, but the core, I'm not scrubbing toilets and all of that stuff. I will do all of that while they are here. And it is so much easier on me to not like, I'm, I'm not going to do it when they're not here. So that just means it's never going to happen. Right. Yeah. No, I thought I've started doing that and I've just given myself permission. If the kitchen's kind of messy, it's just going to stay messy for a couple of days because I have to have a break. You know, as long as it's not a total disaster. So I think that that was some really good advice too. And I did actually. So when I bought my house last year, it was really intimidating. Um, Oh, I just walked into this house. I knew it was the right one. And I I knew I could, it was going to be tight. I knew I could afford it, but I knew it would be tight. And I think it is really scary to make those big purchases because you're like, what's Mm -hmm. my safety net? Yeah, uh, I mean, I have paperwork. It used to say spinster. I think they updated it, but I think now it's, it's an unmarried woman or divorced yeah. woman or something. Yeah, it calls it called me out. 
It doesn't say yeah. unmarried man. It says unmarried woman. We're special. Very important. Yes. Um, no, I felt the same thing when I walked through my house and the house I was selling was built in like 1865 or something. It was old, 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 old. This one's like 1939. So, so much newer, but I still knew walking around, I've owned enough houses. I was like, I asked my agent, I'm like, am I getting in over my head here? And she kind of looked at me like I was crazy. She's like, no, you're in over your head in the house that you're currently in, which I knew, but still like I could see that, yeah, the furnace was old and the roof as discussed needed to be redone. And like, I could tell all of the things that, you know, every inspection report or obviously reveals a lot of things. And I got nervous and I still do because it still isn't, you know, it's an older house and there are always going to be things and it is just me to pay for them, to deal with them, to make decisions, to maintain all of that. And that can be really overwhelming. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that kind of brings me to finances. You know, divorce can really shake up your finances. I know I'm still kind of like dealing with it just changes everything. You suddenly Mm -hmm. are going to a single income. You may be paying support or uh, I don't think they call it alimony anymore. I think they call it spousal support. support. You probably had to split up your, if you had savings, you probably had to split all that up. It's just, it's really difficult, right? And it takes a, supposedly it takes, uh, most people do recover. It just takes a couple of years. I'm in the middle of that right now. Mm -hmm. It's been really stressful. For me, there's some specific spending things as you're adjusting to being on a single income and and potentially having devastated your finances to a degree. There's some things that y'all are going to laugh at because you have heard it before, but actually it was like, hmm, maybe I'll try it. Let's just try it and see what happens. I don't go to Starbucks anymore. Oh, wow. And, I have, and you're I like actually have a lot of queen. <laughs> I know. I have a lot of money now. Well, there you go. Just because I don't go to Starbucks. Isn't that funny? And I stopped <laughs> going to Target too. Oh yeah. Target is an, an easy 150, no matter what you go in for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I know everyone's going to laugh at me, but in January, I decided to go on a spending diet, like hardcore. I, I didn't go out. I didn't spend, like, I just did not spend money on Starbucks or anything else. And I also was doing this macro thing. So I was making all my food and I suddenly had like four figures more money. Mm-hmm. And I was used to having, I was like, oh, okay, well that's, I need to start. So the whole latte effect thing is real. So I'm just going to say that out loud. I didn't think I was spending that much money at Target and Starbucks. Oh, I was, I absolutely was. And I also started using, I have an Excel sheet that I use to track cash flow, project cash flow um, and my bills and all of those things. That's been really helpful. So I know if I'm going to have any issues, I can spot when it's going to happen and I can course correct before it mm-hmm. happens. So I'll say that out loud. Our friend Kristen is really good at, sometimes you and I will talk about, and I think I'm probably the worst. Sometimes I like to treat myself with a new thing, but our friend Kristen has been really good at like saying, Hey, have you checked Facebook marketplace? Have you checked your local free group? She's good at that. Yeah. She's so good at it. She's gotten so many great things for totally free. So I'll say that out loud too. And reducing how much you go out. Socialization. I think for me, it's really important. Like when you are the only adult, it is actually important. You need to go out with your friends. But maybe you don't need to go out as much as you are, you know, yeah. not during this period of time and just put some principles around it and control it so that you are, you're not just not recovering. Like you, you do need to work on your money and rebuilding what you lost. So that, that part's important. Yeah. And that's always my delicate balance of wanting to make sure that I get those life experiences that I'm not so head down and so stressed about money so much that 
I all of a sudden, you know, a decade has gone by and I'm like, oh, but I like I missed out on doing these things that are also very important to me as yeah. just an independent person outside of the kids and all of that. But I also want to make sure like I can give the kids experiences and, and those things. And I think that's where it gets really hard to, to balance sometimes. But there are also a lot of things you can do that don't cost a lot, like you can meet your friends and go for a walk or, you know, like Heather, we've had some fun days where we've gone and run by the lake and stuff like that. That doesn't cost you anything other than brunch probably because that's inevitable, but um, <laughs> like there's plenty of things where you can still get that connection to other adults, especially if you're working from home full time, which we both do that is harder because if there's no office environment and no connection that way, you can feel really isolated. And often you can like over course correct with that by socializing too much. But I think there is a balance of still being able to see people, but not having it totally break the bank. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And you and I have also had lots of fun nights. I do this with my other girlfriends too. There's a few girlfriends I do this with. We'll, we'll just go to each other's houses and we'll bring like a $15 bottle of champagne I know you and I love Chipotle, so we'll eat Chipotle, mm-hmm. and it's really, like, not that expensive, you know, yeah. and we have a good time, and it's fun, and really, that's all you need, and while you and I do love to, like, go out for, like, a real dinner or to brunch, we don't do it all the time. It's a special occasion. I think I'm such a homebody that I tend to like that more than going to a restaurant where it's, like, you're only going to stay for so long, and you're, like, it, it's just, it's, like, too formal and whatever. Again, brunch out brunch is not part of this. I, I will always go to brunch or breakfast or whatever, but like dinner's out. Sometimes I could take it or leave it, especially if it's not somewhere where I'm like dying to go. It's just like, oh, we picked this because it's convenient and fine. Yeah. Again, I would be happy with like the Chipotle and trashy reality TV plan. Yeah, no, that's for, that's for sure. And we did try crumble cookies for our Valentine's day night. So that was a little bit of a splurge. Those are good. I don't even like dessert and those are delicious. I feel like we've spent almost every holiday together in the past. I don't know how many months. Oh my God. Not Christmas because you ditched me on Christmas, but otherwise I think we've had a lot of, didn't I? We've had a lot of holidays together. I ditched you for the boyfriend I broke up with a month later. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Sidetrack. Yeah. Rabbit, rabbit trail. All right. Back on track. The other thing I was going to say too, is that A lot of people, I see this online, you and I have figured this out. And so I will share this with people. I think this works really well. Working out, you and I love working out, but we also Mm -hmm. think it's important to work out. And we call it moving your body. This is not about like losing weight or whatever. It's about, we legitimately love doing certain sports and things and going to the gym and training. And I've started weightlifting. The thing that I will say is that when you are all by yourself, like marathon training, I trained for the Chicago marathon this year on my treadmill that's in my basement Mm -hmm. because I didn't have any other option. I don't have anybody else here. So on a Saturday, you can't skip it. If I had to do 17 miles, I cannot skip that Mm -hmm. or it's going to screw up my, all my training. So the fact that like whatever you can afford, so it doesn't have to be a marathon, but that's just an example of there. I had no backup and I had to get it done. And so it's just a matter of you really the mindset I think about is you have to figure it out. You have to, what is the problem? I'm going to get strategic about figuring it out. And for me, it was gym equipment. So whatever you can afford, I think, because there's going to be times when you can't leave your house for days at a time because you're on with the kids and that's just how it mm-hmm. is. And you don't have backup. If you're like us, you don't have family to swoop in. It is only you. Yeah. So having things like that means I can stay on track, taking care of myself 
And this uh, this brings me into one more rabbit trail, and then I'll stop. We'll get back on track. This makes me think about self-care. And when you're a divorced or single parent, I think self-care is important for anyone, but it's really important for us or else you're just going to be run rag- ragged and stressed. When I say self-care, I'm not really talking about like candles and baths and face masks. I'm talking about eating healthy, sleeping well, moving your body, giving yourself breaks, giving yourself rest, being kind to yourself. That's what I mean when I say self-care. And so I I will bring that up too. I think that's something if you're going to, if you're like us running your life alone, you do need to be good at self-care in those ways beyond the face masks, which I love a face mask, but that's not really going to get to the heart of it. Going to therapy yeah. if you need to, all of those things, that's taking care of yourself, going to the doctor when you're supposed to, stuff like that. So to wrap us off, what are the positives of doing life on your own? Because I think there are some. I really do. It's not all, this is hard. You got to figure, I, like, I don't want to take that tone. It's so hard being a divorced and single parent, which it is. But to be honest, I don't know that I would say, I think this is easier than when I was doing it with another adult. So I want to be like, I also want to take the positive side of this too. I mean, Laura, what do you think the positives have been for you doing life on your own? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think about, I got married, you know, or not super young, but like moved in with my now ex-husband pretty, pretty young. Like I didn't live, I lived on my own for a very short amount of time after college, and so I didn't gain a lot of these experiences. And I think about, it, I've got plenty of friends who are still married, who were on that same time frame, and they didn't really have a lot of these experiences that again, they're tough, like they're, they're stressful and they're hard to get through sometimes. But I think about how much I grow and I learn from those. And part of who I am is knowing that if push comes to shove, I'm going to be the one out there hacking my ceiling open to deal with the problem. And managing things. And I find that really empowering, even though I might be crying while I'm doing it, like it's stressful. It's not fun dealing with that stuff and it's not fun dealing with it alone, but I know that I can, I know that I can do those things. And I love having my kids see me do that and having them under, cause I want them to also be that same way. I want them to understand what they are capable of. I don't want them relying on anybody else. And I'm proud that they see me deal with these problems head on and that I manage it. And a lot of that is doing it for them. I want them to have a safe home. I want them to be able to get anywhere they need to go because we've got a reliable, safe car. Like all of those things, they work very hard for us to have and to maintain those. So I get a lot of pride out of it. And I know that if I was still married hundred percent. I wouldn't be doing any of this. I'd be sitting there and watching him do it and him change all the light bulbs and do all of the things, whether or not he was even good at those things. And I think that's part of it too. If you don't give yourself the opportunity to even try, you don't even know what you're capable of, but often with how things divide up in marriages, you each take the certain things that you're comfortable with, whether or not they're, you're good at them and you just run with that. So maybe I would have been really great with cars and I just didn't know it because he took care of all of those things. And that wasn't something that I dealt with. I mean, I didn't know how to like hang anything on the wall when I was married. And now like, I know how to use all of these power tools. So like, there's just a lot of growth points that I wouldn't have gotten to if I was doing this with someone else. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I feel like I'm more myself than, I mean, I would like to think in a relationship 
I would be able to be my full self, but I haven't found that relationship yet, you know, mm-hmm. whereas now in doing life alone, I am fully myself. I'm, everything is mine. It's my choice. My, what my goals for my family, me and my kids, what I want to do with this house, where I want to live, how I want to save my money, how I want to spend my money, you know, things that I think are important to me are not compromised now. Yeah. I think it's important to work out every day. I think it's important to eat healthy. So I do those things. And, and now it's fully on me to make that happen in a way that I think is really great. Cause like you said, I feel so strong. I feel like whenever I hear someone, you know, where I notice it online, sometimes in a mom group, someone will say something like, Oh, I could never do that. Yeah. Or they say like, like I mentioned, I went on a trip all by myself last summer to Berlin and some people were talking about solo travel and a lot of women chimed in with, Oh, I, I could never do that. Anytime people are saying, oh, I could never do that. I was like, yeah, you could. You're just being weird about it. Yeah. You know? And so that's where I notice it because now I just assume I can do it. Because like like you said, I know I can. Even in a stressful situation, I know I can figure it out. No matter mm-hmm. what it is. Between YouTube and the group chat and, you know, my brain and my force of will, I'm going to figure this out. And maybe it won't be amazing and perfect, but I will take care of it to a level that is acceptable. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. You just made me think of a couple of things. Um, that idea of like feeling like you're your own self and managing things and workouts and all that. I feel like often when I was married, the dynamic was having to ask for permission. Can I go to the gym? Can I do all of these things? I love being like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Sometimes I need my kids cooperation. Like there's free child watch at my gym. I go to, and I have to sometimes coerce the children to agree to go. Um, it's not always on their plan. And so we talk a lot about supporting each other and I support you at your activities and you're going to support me at mine right now, um, to get them to go, but not having to ask another adult human for permission to go do those things is incredibly freeing. I can make my schedule however I want to make it. I can spend, whether it's workouts and time or money or seeing friends or whatever it is, I feel like I always had to tiptoe and be really careful and ask and all of that. So I love that. I just get to make my choices and do things how I want to do things. That makes me really happy. Yeah. I felt that way too. And and not that necessarily he made me feel bad or anything. I think it's just the nature of it. It's just the nature yes. of when you are two parents with kids, you feel guilty about going and doing it. Like I remember mm-hmm. I would feel excited to go to Target by myself. Oh yeah. You know, and that was the highlight of my day. Whereas, yeah, it, it's the whole thing of asking for permission. Well, I don't know if they'll let me, I don't know if it's okay. I mean, I went out last night, so I don't know if I can go out tonight you know, things like that. And so I think it's just part of, and part of it's, we put it on, like I was not married to someone who would get mad at me for going to go do things that wasn't happening, but I think I just put it on myself. Yeah. My other thing I was thinking of was kind of that freedom in your home. Um, I call this a girl house because I've got like a bright pink plush velvet armchair in my living room and I love it. And my front room has this like floral wallpaper. I know you've got a big like floral wallpaper mural in your bedroom and like a lot of blush and other color. Like it's, it's so fun to be like, this is my house and I'm going to decorate it however I want to decorate it. And I love it. Oh yeah. I love, well, that was kind of my thing when I, I got an idea to, I bought a emerald green velvet art deco bed. <laughs> and then I bought an enormous, it's enormous y'all. It is so big, a uh, Dutch floral mural 
was crazy. I love it. I love it so much. But no, I, I, if I were living with anyone, I can't imagine anyone I was living with unless it was another woman would be like into it or a man with exceptional taste, mm-hmm. perhaps. <laughs> yeah. My house is definitely like all of my choices and I love it. Like I love rearranging constantly. Like my kids know that I'm addicted to rearranging rooms. I have recently rearranged my living room and moved these chairs multiple times until I found like the right spot. And I love it. Like it makes me so happy. That's awesome. Well, I hope this is helpful to all of y'all. I think part of this is just redefining your life. You really are remaking it and it's an opportunity to think about how do you want it to be. And there are things you know, this is a cliche. It seems like this should be on a board you buy at home goods, but I like it. Do your best, forgive the rest. And I say that to myself quite often, <laughs> you know, cause it's true. Not everything's an emergency. Not everything has to be a priority. Figure out what's important. Outsource the rest. Just do your best. Yeah. That's a poem. I'm a poet. Yeah. I mean, outsourcing, I really think is the the critical piece of advice here. I think if we were just going to like touch on that once more and then say good, say, say goodbye. Um, I don't feel guilty for anything that I outsource if it's going to make my life a little bit easier. And if I can justify the expense, as long as it's not egregious, I will have you come and cut my grass and shovel my snow and do whatever, because there are other things I need to be doing and I don't want to do it. And I'm okay with that. Just be okay with it. Well, that's the other thing too. And I know when you say goodbye, but like, if you just don't want to do it, guess what? You get to not do it. Like there are plenty of things I don't like. I, I, that's been another like big post-divorce thing. I always thought I had to rationalize why I didn't do one thing or another. Plenty of times now I'm like, I just don't want to. I don't want to, and I don't have to. It's okay. You know, when I bought this current house and I brought the lawnmower with me from the last house that I never used because we had a lawn service. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't do it, but I thought in this house, I was going to be the person who mowed her lawn. That's who I was going to be. Our friend Kristen does all of her yard work. She's amazing. I admire her for it. Um, I was like, I'm going to be that person. And I made it, I think two and a half days in this house. And I was on the neighborhood Facebook group asking for, you know, lawn landscaper um, recommendations or whatever. And I had someone hired within the week because <laughs> I'm like, I am not that I'm not that person. I'm not going to be that person. And I am okay with not being that person because I do a lot of other things and I play on those strengths and lawn care is not one of those things. And I'm okay with that. I support that choice. Yep. It's a good choice. All right, y'all. We hope this was helpful. You can do it. There are ways to make your life easier. If there's anything you can do to make your life easier, just do it. If you need someone to give you permission, we're giving you permission. Yep. So just do it. It'll be better. All right. Well, thanks, y'all. Talk to you later. Bye. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple. Or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms.